You're listening to an Imagine More podcast. The presentation you're about to hear was recorded as part of the 2021 Get That Good Life Conference. We've split this session into three parts. This is part three. So I guess we just wanted to highlight here some of the things that we did do. Um, I sort of mentioned that we didn't necessarily go into that task analysis where Julia went into government house prior to him starting, but we did find out a few things to try and set him up well that we probably would do for any of us. We knew that it was a very precise and process-driven workplace. Harriet, my friend, had sort of pointed out to me is make sure Jack's shoes are shined really beautifully. That was important. <laughs> and make sure he's got the right uniform. We didn't want him standing out as any different. So we went to great extent to try and understand what the uniform was. It seemed to be coming home every day uh, for the first few weeks with another gift from Government House. And so he was given the tie and he was given the badge and he was, you know, it sort of came in dribs and drabs. It's just lovely to see that. And also that access pass was really important. So you've got to check in at the front gate with the ASP with a pass and he got his own security pass, which is great. If you don't have that pass, you've got to wear a visitor's lanyard. So that was really important that he got that pass because we didn't want him walking around with a visitor's lanyard around his neck. And then the other thing that we practiced with him was how to greet the Governor-General, which you have to say, good morning, Your Excellency, the first time. So that's actually, you know, quite a mouthful. So he practiced that quite a bit and became quite confident with it. And I'll let Julia sort of explain what the preparation was we did for after-school care. And you'll see that they're very different he didn't go through sort of like a readiness program or anything for this, but we did need to pay attention to different things. So it wasn't about waiting for him to be ready. It was he was ready for work. We just had to help him feel confident on that first day. Yeah, exactly. So similar to government house, there was still that attention to dress code, but as you can probably guess, they're very different. But there was still an expectation that it's a particular kind of shirt. It doesn't have a lot of text on it. They don't have ripped jeans, those sorts of things. And finding out what will be worn um, on shift. So we didn't actually realize this before, but the vest that the after-school educators have to wear is pink. And it's not Jack's favorite color. So that in itself took a little bit of, um, we had to talk about that for a little bit. Just even those really small details, they're really important to pay attention to. Also, I put together a bit of a PowerPoint on some particular situations that Jack might come across when he works at after school care. I actually also used to work at after school care. A few years ago, and so I know how unpredictable kids can be sometimes. So I sort of set up some situations. For example, it's you ask a child to put on their hat and they say no. What do you do about that? And how can you respond? Um, so just things like that, just so that Jack could feel really confident in his authority role. So we made it really practical and that has 
that has come in handy. So I think that was a good way to go about that one. And then, as we talked about before, this was um, by the time that we got to Government House, we had the meeting, we talked through some of the roles. But as we mentioned, we Jack kind of learned the jobs on the job. Um, so the first starting shifts were dedicated to giving a large range of jobs a go to see what might be fitting. During that time, I did ask about how the jobs were taught, who taught them, and if they had any resources for training. So here are a couple of examples that they had. On the left, you can see Jack is practicing setting a table, and he's actually following a visual, as you can see, just a little bit above his hands. So he was told at the start of this task that there was a folder that contained photos for all the different table layouts for all sorts of events. So like breakfast, lunches, meetings. And on the right is a folder that I discovered not too long ago. It has a list of kind of all the tasks, but we kind of found out about that a little later on through the job, but that was something that I realized I should have asked earlier on. Like this particular folder was out because there was a new staff member who had just joined and she was getting taken through the folder. And it kind of made me realize I thought, oh yeah, I should have asked if there was a resource that had lots of different tasks and information. We have it now, which is good, but that was something that I realized you've got to be a bit of a detective sometimes with this job. Yeah, so he gave a really large amount of jobs a go, which was good to get an understanding of what went on and what roles could be fitting. But as Milton was saying earlier, ideally this would be done prior to starting the shift. And here is another resource that we used. And this is a video of one of Jack's employees teaching Jack how to fold a serviette. They have very particular ways of doing that. So I asked the employee beforehand if she could show me how she would teach somebody this job. And then I tweaked a couple of things and told her, oh, like break it down even more, like just go step by step and get Jack to copy each step. So here is a video of that. So you've got that, fold it in half, fold it in half again, wash it again. Yep, same that. There is an example of one of the ways staff teaches and here are a couple more. These are really good examples because these were resources that the staff members came up with themselves, which is always a win as a job coach when you can see the staff members initiating things themselves. So on the left here, Jack got told he was setting up a morning tea and one of the staff members had put out one cup of sauces and she said, just follow it and copy. And that worked really well. 
And another resource on the right is something to assist Jack with counting. So we broke down counting out the cutlery from 15 down into groups of three. And that was something that the staff member had written out themselves. So that was really cool to see the staff wanting to support Jack themselves and not just letting me do all of it there. It's a team. So those are a couple examples of the resources we came across. And I think Jan will be talking about, yeah, how relationships go (laughs) within workplaces. Yeah. So Jack has got a casual short-term contract at Government House where he's paid award wages. In fact, he gets paid more than his sisters, much to their horror. So um, he gets paid award wages for all of his work roles and we've never, ever highlighted support of wage or anything like that. It's never been mentioned and no one's ever questioned it. So don't ever lead with that. <laughs> but with the ongoing relationship, I'm really mindful that as a parent, I, you know, it's really doesn't look good for Jack if I'm in there all the time. I do come in on the conversation where when his contract's about to come up, we come in and that's been deliberately done by Government House where uh, we come together, see how things are going and we're learning from Milton is to actually ask um, more tailored questions because if we just say, how's he going? they're likely to just say it's going really well and we're not actually learning much about where he could be supported better or testing some other other roles. And then there's some examples here that Julia's got around building relationships within the culture of the workplace so then she can step out as well, which I'll hand over to you, Julia. Sure. So some examples of building relationship. Government House has uh, morning tea every shift. So Jack and I have sort of talked about what kinds of things that he can bring up during that time. So going off the AFL um, example, he really loves AFL and I was really up to date with all the games. He asked, does anyone follow AFL? And if a few people do, so that makes for just a nice like ongoing topic that they can be talking about and uh, like a good point of interest. Um, so yeah, just working out how to keep connecting with employees is really important. And when to step aside, um, that one can be really interesting. Um, what we did, just one thing you can do right at the beginning is be clear of your role. So I was very upfront about saying that I wasn't going to be there the whole time, that my support would fade as Jack learned the job more and as his team members got to know him more. So I said that upfront so that there was that expectation from the beginning. Also, what you can do is encourage like the typical orientation as I was saying before like so that another team member is bringing Jack through that uh, and not just me. Also we've got identifying tasks that have a natural support and I think that's probably one of the biggest. Find the people who are really good at instructing and um, have a good rapport with the person because if you find those people you can 
as a job coach, invest in those people and teach them how to instruct and all that. And then that just, that gives you an opportunity to step back and let that relationship happen. And identifying tasks that can be done really without anyone. So for Jack, that is, as you can see in the photos, he is turning off some lights and or turning on the lights. There's a very complex light system within Government House, lots of hidden light switches. And Jack is really good at remembering patterns. So that has been a job that fits him well. So that's something that he does. And also putting out the flags at the start of the day. Um, that's something he can do himself at the moment. So that is where I don't need to be there. And, and more so another staff member doesn't need to be there. So that's always good. <laughs> And um, starting that feeding as well, as soon as you can. Also, part of my job is keeping an eye out for new roles, like all the time, just seeing where there is a need for another person or, you know, um, an extra set of hands. And this is actually one of them. Jack got to know one of the people in maintenance, Steve, and Jack found out that he was in charge of this very elaborate um, recycling system. So as you can see in the bottom left, there are plenty of bins in each building and there are about 16 buildings, I would say. So that's a lot of bins to collect. Um, and Steve suggested that maybe Jack could help because it takes one person a really long time to collect each bin and empty it. So that's been a really good role that Jack can do once a week. Um, he does other jobs too, but this has been a really fitting one as well. Yeah. And I guess when that role sort of came up, I was a little bit worried um, mm. only because of that that potential juxtaposition of, of Jack being associated with rubbish. So I was sort of grappling with that, but I guess as a compromise, Jack is actually taken the role of being the driver. So I don't know whether you remember, but in Jack's vision statement, we actually had written on there that Jack would get his driver's license. We didn't know how that was going to happen because Jack still needs a lot of support with reading. But we realised that actually they didn't need to test his reading competency. They needed to test whether he knew the road rules. So he was successful in getting his learner's license Government House sort of learnt about this and saw that this was an opportunity for Jack. And, and I don't know whether he would ever have had the confidence to actually say yes to the offer of driving that golf buggy um, when they were doing the recycling had he not had the experience of doing the driving and with an instructor uh, once he got his learner's licence because he still won't get in the car with just us and drive himself, he needs that confidence that a uh, driving instructor can take over. So that's what you've got to love when they exceed your expectations, even though you've got it written down in their vision. <laughs> so Julie, do you want to share Jack's new role? Yeah. yeah, and this is just to show kind of where Jack is up to now with his jobs. Um, so he's been at Government House for a while now and has learnt the jobs fairly well and Government House actually has a new staff member on board and 
Jack went back last week and got to share some of these jobs and teach her how to do it. And that just added that extra layer of being an employee when you get to the point where you can teach someone the jobs. So that's where we're up to and we'll keep going and see what comes up. (laughs) We'll hand over to Milton to just do a bit of a wrap up for us. Thanks, Jan and, and Julia. So yeah, this is just a summary of the kinds of things that Jan and Julia have been describing, things to to have in place. And so, you know, we don't want to underestimate uh, Julia's role in this, just identifying a a fitting employment mentor, thinking about the age and personality and mindset, you know, especially, you know, an advocate, a guide, an agent, ally, advisor. And, And just that that mentor has a healthy working relationship with the family, that it's a partnership. And it's not like, well, this is your job, Julia. It's all up to you. I see the relationship, not only with Jack, but with Jack's family. And that the mentor himself or herself has a balanced reciprocal relationship with the person being mentored. And this goes back to what we were saying early on in terms of knowing conditions, interest, and contributions. We need to know the person what needs to be in place to be successful, Um, what would be interesting, what does the person have to contribute. And this is a really important point that in the U.S. gets missed a lot in early work, begin with the person and not the job. So all of these derive from what was known about Jack and then matched what Jack to available work rather than putting Jack in a particular job just because it was available or traditional, perhaps. And then, you know, when all of that information is known, to negotiate a job that's a mutual benefit. It has to be good for the, for the person you're representing and also for the business. And I think Government House is a really nice example of that. And as we've discussed, study what's typical and valued about the company, about the business, and then honor all of that to the fullest extent possible. And this thing about putting on the brakes can be one of the hardest things. You know, don't, don't get in too big of a hurry. Honor the process. And uh, things should work out fine. Um, and enjoy it. You know, it's it just such a it's such a, a wonderful role for you know for the support person for the person you know being represented in the family. Just um, kind of bask in the in the privilege of of having a role of introducing people who have a lot in common, but otherwise wouldn't have a chance to meet each other. You've been listening to Imagine More podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And go to imaginemore.org.au for more great content.